0: Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat.
1: Welcome to The Kitchen Table. My name is Jake. And I am Brian. And we're glad to have you back for another episode of The Kitchen Table Show. A quick rundown of why and how we started this show. My dad and I are crazy about media. We love creating and producing media for you guys. As a kid growing up, my dad was always allowing me to ask hard questions of faith. We wanted to encourage parents and young adults to have those discussions. And so we come here and we just talk about a topic or a faith discussion for the week in hopes that you guys take that. We just want to create a space for you to ask questions, for you to answer to your children, hey, this is something that is hard and that we know you're going to go through as a young adult because... In all actuality, I am a young adult and I hate saying this, but my dad has been through stuff that I've also been through. He is older and wise and I hate saying this. He
0: said it. Knock on wood. Okay, write this date down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) but a quick rundown of how the show is set up we do our faith discussion for about the first 20 to 30 minutes of the program and then we move into a segment called music matters and in music matters we talk about music because music matters and we think music is cool so dad (laughs) brings a new song i bring a song of the week and dad as he has always done in my life by giving me his ipod brings an oldie buck oldie
0: ipod generation one shuffle yeah yeah it was amazing And then we move into a segment called Culture Shock. And Culture Shock, we just find somebody out there who is making a difference for the kingdom of God, and we share their story because we think that's important to share the stories of making a difference to encourage you to use your life to make a difference. So we look at sometimes celebrities or sports figures, or we also just look towards the average Joe Schmo. And we have one of those coming up later in Culture Shock today. So I want to start today's program with a story. When we lived in South America and Argentina, I would have to fly back occasionally to the United States about once a year. Occasionally? For for oh, a meeting. Like every day. No, it wasn't. I I traveled all over South <laughs> you America. Did that's why a lot. it wasn't. Yeah. But uh, back to the US about once a year for meetings. And on one of those trips, I was flying back from Argentina through Dallas, that's where we landed in the US, and then from Dallas to Kansas City, where our corporate office is near. On the plane with me, it was a, it was a late flight at night on the the plane not very crowded. Across the aisle was Dan Saliamua, and Dan Saliamua was an NFL football player. He's from Samoa. He was retired by that time. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs during some of his career, as well as I think the Seahawks and someone else. But uh, he was on the plane. He's a big guy. He's an NFL player, and so we were talking just a little brief across the aisle, back and forth. He uh, owns gas stations around the Kansas City area, hmm. and so as I a Quick Trips. I'm not, I don't think they were quick trips. Quick trips trips are the best. They have a lot of good snacks for sure. Nonetheless, he was coming back to Kansas City because his gas stations were sponsoring a rodeo north of the city in one of the towns there. Hmm. He was making an appearance, going to be giving away tickets to Chiefs games, those kinds of things. Uh, As we were talking, I noticed he had this like a slim portfolio with him, just like a a really slim leather type briefcase. And in it, he pulled out two books. One of the books was uh, How to Maintain Your Level of Wealth. And the other book was What to Do When Our Adult Children Disappoint Us. And it kind of struck me as I processed those two books and what he had is this is a gentleman who had a very successful NFL career, who was a successful businessman at this time in his retirement. And yet he had two main preoccupations in life based upon those books. One, he was fighting to keep his level of wealth and what that took. So that was a preoccupation for him. And the other one was Disappointment. Obviously, there had been disappointment in his children. His children were adults by that time. He was reading some wisdom on that and what that looks like. Today, we want to discuss disappointment. When mm-hmm. when things don't go as we plan them, how do we deal with disappointment? Mm. And trust me, disappointment happens in every life. We as individuals, as humans, we make plans. We make a plan for our life. This is what we want our life to look like. We think about the future, about retirement someday. And so we make a financial plan in order to make sure that we have enough to live a life we want to live when we retire. That's a very human United States culture thing. Many countries of the world, they don't even think about that. There is no retirement. They're going to rely on their children to take care of them in their old age. You know, here in the U S it's different. So this is the way we do things here, but things don't always go as planned. Life doesn't always go as planned as followers of Christ, we set life plan as well of what we want to accomplish. And, and you can do that. You can set a strategy and goals and steps on how to get to that goal. And I think a lot of times God is just sort of there and he sort of leans back, he folds his arms, he chuckles a little bit and he says, "Yeah, that's nice." Because we're making the plans ourselves. Yeah. And there's a saying is if you want to make God laugh, make tell, tell <laughs> him your plans. We have to surrender our life to him. Yeah. And we have to realize that he is in control of our destiny. Yes, we have choice in the choices we make, and that can shift God's plan for our life. And how do we stay in tune with God's plan for our life is staying in tune with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk today about that. How do we deal with when our hopes and our dreams are dashed and we're disappointed? What to do when life doesn't go as planned? Where do we turn when life doesn't go as planned? Another thing is how to love God when you feel like God has let you down. When your hopes are dashed, sometimes we blame God for that. Yeah. And then finally, six ways to take care of ourselves when we get disappointment, especially when other people disappoint us, because that's definitely going to happen. So there are times in our lives when we feel extremely heartbroken, when we're discouraged because we had a dream that wasn't fulfilled. Or maybe we had a prayer that wasn't answered the way we wanted it. And we can say, yeah, we're strong in our faith, but still God doesn't answer all of our prayers the way we want to. In fact, I have friends who grew up in the church who had a strong faith and they got married, this couple, and... Strong faith, attending church, they had a friend who developed a terminal disease, some sort of cancer. And so they were praying fervently that God would heal this person. They were convinced that God was going to physically heal this person of this cancer. When that did not happen, they abandoned their faith. They walked away. And because of that walking away, their lives literally fell apart. They're no longer married and they've taken completely different roads still trying to find the answer in something, yeah, and they've given up on God in the process. And they're never going to be able to find that answer until they realize that God is the answer. yeah, And God's plan for people's lives doesn't always equate to what we think that plan should be. It's hard. It's a weird concept because God is
1: all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, And the hardest question, I think, to Christians is, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate question in a disappointment. The first time I really ever asked that question was when one of your good friends died. Mm -hmm. And he's a father. He had a whole family. He wasn't even, like, old. He was your age. Oh, so I'm not old now. Thank you. Well, you're old
0: now. Oh, just a few years ago. Come on. I
1: know, but you're old now because you're 50. But I think it's really hard in just the fact of this man had a great life, but he still had a good life to live. His daughters, one just graduated. Like he had things happening, you know? Right. And it was just out of nowhere. And that was the first time I really asked. I was like, why do bad things happen to these good people? Mm -hmm. And it's hard because, I mean... We've had a share of disappointment in our Mm -hmm. family and just in the fact Every family does. Well, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just using an example for us. Yeah. Your son, my brother, is autistic and it's been hard. It's been difficult in just every kind of way. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's been disappointment. There's been hopelessness. There's been a bunch. And you're never going to learn from it or learn why it's happening Mm -hmm. while you're in it. And that's what
0: sucks. And you might not even, the why question, you might not get an answer why to the question why. You might not get an answer. Yeah. And that's where the level of faith and trust in God, that he is in control, has to rise to the top. And sometimes our human brains, we don't want to accept that as an answer. Well, it's just not.
1: It's very worldly to have the answer to everything. I mean, we have Google. We always know why something happens. But we don't. But we don't. Yeah. Compared to
0: godly things. When you are going through disappointment and you're crying out to God, asking that why question, and many times questioning your own faith and why God isn't giving you an answer, it is not wrong to have feelings like this, as long as they're temporary. So there we are. We stand, we're we're sad, we're disappointed, we're crushed, perhaps we're angry. Yet we are told that God is still good and loves us more than we know. And we have to reconcile these two of how we feel with that truth. What is the truth? in disappointment this is the truth god is for us god's plans for us are wonderful now are all situations during those plans wonderful pleasant fun absolutely not he makes all things work for our good hmm that's from romans so how do we get past the negativity that swells up in our mind and our hearts when we experience an unfulfilled plan or dream for our life and we're disappointed so some ways to do that be thankful 1 Thessalonians 5.18 When the blow of not getting what you desire hurts the worst, it's a pretty good indicator that whatever that thing was had a large hold on you. When you're believing God for and desiring something and plan a dream, it has the possibility of overtaking our thoughts and minds, making us forget about the other things that God has blessed us with. So many times we get into the mindset that one thing is going to complete us or make our life so much better when in reality, the truth is only God is our true source and joy. So instead of giving in to our, you know, sometimes toddler-like demands, he leads us back into hoping in him alone. Now, does God want to put disappointment in our life? No, he doesn't. But does he want to course correct us? He's definitely going to do that. And he does that out of love for us another thing we need to do is realize that things aren't always as they appear. When we're believing God for something and the door seems to be slammed shut on our face, it's easy to assume the answer God is giving us is no, end of story. But we have to also remember that God is not a God of endings. He is a God of beginnings. It's not the end of the story at all. Instead, it could very well be a not now or not in this way. Remember, course correction. And a lot of times when we're feeling this way, we have to look beyond ourselves. We find ourselves focusing on how I'm not getting what I want when I want it. Sounds like a toddler, doesn't it? Yeah. I take comfort in reminding myself that it's not all about me. I've been purposed to be a blessing to others in this life. We all are. And sometimes God's timing in our lives is simply better for someone else, perhaps. It is hard to go through disappointment. I'm sure God was let down and disappointed when when he was a man in the form of Jesus, right? He was let down. He was disappointed. He wants us to realize and remember that he is the only one in this fragile life that we can put our hope in and not be disappointed. Disappointment is
1: hard in just every aspect. We live life, usually we live life in the happy times and when hard times come, it gets hard. Because mm-hmm. that's <laughs> that's what makes sense, and so disappointment typically is the transitioning point from happy to hard. You know, yeah, can be. You can you can be on the up and up on the up and up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then say you're like you had a, a job interview that you really need and you really liked, and you don't get it. Yeah, that's you know that's I'm um, gesturing with my hands. I'm the up and up, and yeah. then it's like a roller coaster,
0: that drop. Sort of like just, life, huh? Yeah. So where do we turn to when life doesn't go as planned? And let's face it, life rarely happens as we plan it. It just doesn't. Our expectations get crushed. Well, think about this. Think about Jesus's disciples, the followers, his first followers. They felt the exact same way. You see, their expectation, you can read about it in scripture, was that Jesus was going to be this political savior who would lead them in this forceful rebellion against the oppressive Roman government. They expected Jesus to restore things how they once were. But instead their hopes were dashed they built up expectations and all those expectations unraveled as they watched Jesus die at the hands of the Romans he was placed in a tomb and they thought everything was lost at that point but Jesus wasn't done we all know the story three days later a few people went to the tomb guess what the tomb was empty so as Jesus followers wrestled with the loss of their friend and leader rumors began to spread that he was alive was it true what were they to do next So they were in a moment of confusion and weakness and they sat together behind locked doors in hiding. They were afraid of the other religious leaders who had just put Jesus to death. And it was in all of this uncertainty when their expectations were dashed that Jesus showed up again. Mm. And he brought peace and hope in the middle of their fear and doubt. And he told them God wasn't done with them. And he prepared them for the next steps they were to take. You see, Jesus in our lives often shows up most dramatically when we're seeking him with others, holding on to hope that God's not done with us. The best place for us to wrestle when we have doubts in our life is with other believers, friends, family, supporters around us to help us take our next steps in our walk with Christ. Thus, the reason why the church, the local church is vitally important. We have to be a part of community. Remember that story of Jesus, the one person who was missing from that group when Jesus appeared to them again, was Thomas. Now Thomas, just like them, followed Jesus for three years and saw him changing the lives of other people. But when it came down to it, the things that Thomas watched Jesus do weren't enough. So when the other disciples, they told Thomas that Jesus was alive, he still doubted that Jesus was God. So when Jesus reappeared, he showed Thomas, really, that he has the power to defeat death. Now Jesus didn't reject Thomas because his faith was weak or wavered he spoke to Thomas and the other disciples and included them in his plans to reach more people. So even disciples, they felt with disappointment, how they process that. Hmm. So how do you maintain a fervent love for God when you feel like God has let you down? That's a hard thing to do. Like I said, my friends, they couldn't, they couldn't reconcile that up to this point. Hopefully they will while they are still breathing on this planet. But as of now, they have not been able to reconcile when God let them down. What do you do when you feel like God has treated you unfairly? Who has left you unprotected? You feel undefended. You feel abandoned. How do you respond when you have these thoughts inside of yourself questioning his love or his lack of love for you? So let's look at the life of David here. David faced the very same things that we're talking about here his life as a man after god's own heart which is how he's described in scripture is filled with seasons of abandonment some expectations that weren't met and some prayers that weren't answered and he cries out especially in psalms psalms 13:1, how long O lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me that is the cry of someone who has failed expectations Psalm 69, one through three, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Have you ever felt like this? Yeah. (laughs) That God is far away? That he's abandoned you? David's prayers are bold and they're brutally honest. And this is the way we can cry out to God as well. We can be bold and we can be brutally honest with him. He can take it. He literally can take it. But the one thing that David did is he never allowed his lack nor his circumstances to derail his love and pursuit of God. Now, this is the key. There are two responses that David gives when things go bad. And these are responses that we need to also take heed when our expectations are not met. Psalm 13, 5 and 6. Here's the response. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. Psalm 69, 30. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. So even in disappointment, even in uncertainty, even feeling abandoned, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Why in situations like that would you give thanks to the Lord? It shifts the atmosphere in your heart. Now, I'm not going to say this is not a difficult thing. It is a very difficult thing to do. But the more we give thanks, the more our mind is renewed and your spirit is refreshed. The love of God will fill your heart, and hope and faith are activated within you. And that's what David did. We followed the example of David. So when you're struggling with disappointment, hold fast to knowing that God is love and God is good. Continue to worship through your lack of understanding. Be real with God, go to the Lord. Put your thoughts and feelings on the table. When you do this, it is a picture of a heavenly father who loves and cares for you. And also this one, embrace the pain to grow. You do not grow without pain. When you face circumstances, you embrace the pain and you try to squeeze every drop out of it to gain greater wisdom through the process. You want to learn more about God and more about yourself. You want the pain to make you, but not break you. It is possible.
1: It's going to be hard. I mean, in times of disappointment, I know for me personally, I just don't kind of like, I need a break. I need a break from God right now. Just because it's kind of a letdown. And you know in the back of your mind that God has a bigger plan and a better plan for you, a better door to open. And he closed that door. And in the moment, you probably can't think of it. It's like, oh, what what can be better than this? And then I think that's what God does. He's just step back. Let me take over. When we're in the driver's seat, it's not going to go as well as when God's in the driver's seat. Right. You say you can relax whenever you're in a plane because you are no I have no control. Yeah. So just, just be on a plane with God. Let God <laughs> pilot.
0: It's very true. Very true. And it's usually the place where you find rest. Yeah. When you realize God is in control of this and you find rest. That's why I sleep on planes because I have no control. It's all in the pilot's hand at also that point. Also in movie theaters. I sleep in movie theaters. Man, that's a good observation. Yeah. So how do we take care of ourselves when we have disappointment? because when you have disappointment, there is hurt, there is anger, but you need to figure out how to process this and to move forward with confidence. First thing is it's okay to allow your feelings. You've been rejected, you've been let down, you've been betrayed. They all trigger feelings of sadness, of anxiety, of anger. It's important to acknowledge those feelings. So rather than trying to shove them down, because uh, we are wired to form trusting, stable relationships with others. And let's face it, people will disappoint us, but at the same time, people we love and look to for support in difficult times. It's natural to feel disappointment and let down when people you trust don't come through for you, but putting those feelings into words, locating them in your body can help ground you. So allow your feelings, acknowledge your feelings, try to focus only on the present situation and process those feelings. You also need to acknowledge your unmet needs. So try to figure out why you feel like you've been let down or betrayed. Mm. Think about what needs of yours have not been met in this situation. Do you need understanding, empathy, support, companionship, commitment, or consideration? So let yourself feel the unmet need. Try to disentangle the past from your present. Because a lot of times we'll go back to the moments of our life when we've had these situations. Focus on the present and the current situation. Feel the disappointment of the unmet need. Then ask yourself whether you can accept that need not being met in this situation or whether you want to do something about it. You also need to take care of yourself. If you need support, find ways to soothe yourself. Take a walk in nature. If you need to take a long bubble bath, just taking care of yourself. Also decide if you need to speak up. If you've been disappointed by someone or even by God, speaking up to him in prayer, think about whether it would be productive to speak up or not. Think about how you could do so mindfully rather than in anger reacting because that can actually make things worse examine your expectations are your expectations reasonable in the situation think about whether you're communicating your expectations clearly and kindly try to assume goodwill unless there's clear evidence otherwise and also set boundaries if you need to if the person that's disappointed you has got a reputation of constantly disappointing people and betraying people Think about what you need to do to protect yourself. Decide, honestly, is this still someone I want in my life? Now I'm talking about an individual. I'm not talking about God in this situation. Boundaries help you feel emotionally safe, and they help restore your self-worth and self-respect. When circumstances of life let you down, learn to be your own cheerleader and your own best friend. So accept and process your feelings, be kind to yourself, figure out how to get your needs met, speak up, or set boundaries if you need to. Here's the most important thing. Try to learn from the experience and don't let other people's issues get you down. We, as individuals, have a choice on how we react, even if we didn't choose the situation we find ourselves in. It is possible to grow in your passion for God when you feel like disappointment has happened in your life. Our greatest reward through disappointment is to thank God in our weakest moment. To worship God when we don't understand is the supreme offering we can give him this side of heaven. So hopefully this helps you process disappointment because it all happens. It always happens in our lives. We will all face disappointment when plans don't go our way, when expectations are met.
1: Yeah. Disappointment is hard, but it's going to come. I don't want to tell you to come in with a mindset of, oh, just in case, you know, because you don't want to live that way having your surround like know the people that are around you will be there for you because it's going to be hard with a good surrounding you'll be just fine
0: community and, is a and part of that
1: god surrounding you yeah that's the important
0: thing absolutely that's our faith conversation and now moving into music matters music matters Music Matters is a time where we celebrate generational differences of music. And so how it typically works is I bring a new song to the table, Jake brings a song, whether it's new or something that's speaking Mine's to him. Mine's new this week. New, another one, awesome. And then we uh, dive back into the vault for an oldie but goldie. We're going back to 1993 today, so that'll be coming up in a few minutes here. First, my new song. Kind of following along this theme of uh, when expectations aren't met. There's a brand new song out from uh, the band Seven Time Down, band from Kentucky. many hits over the years they have a a new song called questions Hmm. i've got the uh, lead singer going to share a little bit about the the meaning behind the song questions we're going to hear that then we're going to hear the song questions from seven time down
2: questions we've all got plenty more than our fair share of them but i'm convinced most of us walk around pretending like all we have are the answers We wrote this song for the broken, the lost, the tired, and the weary who are just like us. People who have walked through the fires of this life and out the other side believing in a God who is big enough to handle any and every question that you and I might have. This song is for grieving mothers and for dads at the end of their rope. This song is for kids who are scared and for friends on the verge of leaving the faith. This song is for the good and the bad. This song's for the preacher and the prisoner. This song is for every human wrestling with the mysteries of God. I believe Jesus is wanting you and I to invite Him into our spaces of anger, grief, and even our unbelief so He can show us how good He really is. So may we bring our questions to our loving Father so He can do what only He can. Questions, wrestle with those questions.
1: I like them back in the day. They were good. They're a fun band. They, they really are. are. Yeah. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I had brought in a song by one of my favorite Christian rappers, Lecrae, and it was featuring with John Legend. Right. Well, that album just dropped this past week. And one of my favorite songs that's on the album, I've been listening to it a lot. It's called Set Me Free. Mm-hmm. And it features Y.K. Osiris. And it's just a good song because it's talking about the world is going to bash on you and judge you for for just worshiping and praising Jesus and God. And it's just talking about set me free and let me just praise you. And here is Set Me Free. By Lecrae featuring YK Osiris.
2: I'm going to have to
0: actually listen to that whole CD a, that's come it's out. It's a
1: good now. one. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is Lecrae, a couple years ago, switched his like name or title from Christian rapper to rapper who's a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he got a little heat for it. But right. I think it was just for him to step more into the secular realm to get the positive message through rap right. in the secular world. And and so I'm not like hating on him because I don't think just because you're changing from a Christian rapper to a, a rapper who is a Christian. Who needs labels. You know, exactly. And so I think he's really stepping into that role. Lecrae's always been a, a really big voice in the secular rap industry Mm -hmm. and so i think this was a really good album because he's using like john legend he's one of the biggest singers in the world i think it's really cool that he's
0: incorporating christianity into secular rap music definitely all right it's time now to open the vault and go back in time it's our oldie but goldie Okay, we're going to go back to 1993. This guy has been around a lot earlier than that in a band from the 80s. I don't know when they started. They might have even start probably the early 80s, maybe late 70s. A band called The Allies then, which I think we've played an Allies song on the program before. But when his solo career started, he uh, had some great soul. In fact, he had, he was considered probably one of the best male vocalists at the time in the early 90s in Christian music. Mm-hmm. Talking about Bob Carlisle, so You know the name. You know the name. You definitely know his major hit song. And this is not the song we're doing today, but he had a song that... Exploded, crossed over in the mainstream, sold like two million copies of this thing. The song Butterfly Kisses. Mm. Remember that song? Yeah. Well, this is not that song. Uh, this Uh-oh. is a song from an album a few years earlier from 1993. This is a song called Getting Stronger. So I wanted to highlight this one today. Bob Carlisle, 1993. It's actually the number 33 song from that year on the charts called Getting Stronger. If
1: you see me The similarity between
0: that and, or like in the voice, the voice definitely, definitely not stylistically from Butterfly Kisses. A little bit of side trivia Bob Carlisle has the smallest feet on the planet. Does he really? He's got like little, little feet. Oh, it's not like actually the smallest feet, but he's got like he has very small feet, like maybe a size six shoe. Really, it's bizarre. (laughs) I think the last time I wore size six, I was nine. Probably younger than that, actually. But uh, he is a great guy and super talented.
1: And that that... wraps up Music Matters.
0: (laughs) And now moving into Culture Shock. All right, in Culture Shock, we celebrate someone who is making a difference for the kingdom of God in a unique way. Now, this can be a celebrity, can be a sports figure, someone who has a platform that uh, is wide and far and they reach a lot of people. Or it could be your average, as you say, Joe Schmo. Yeah. So we're going to go to the average Joe Schmo side of things today. Sweet. This is actually a youth group, a youth group from Boston. Several teenagers, young adults from the Saint George Orthodox Church in Boston. You might have seen on the news, and maybe you haven't, because we've got a ton of stuff going on in the in our nation, and lots of that's filling up the news. But there was an explosion in Beirut, Lebanon, that was massive. It was a ship. Yeah. Uh, a Russian ship that was abandoned there, basically, that was uh, that was holding some sort of chemicals or whatever that were on their way to somewhere else. The company that was shipping them, that ma- made them, ran out of money. So it was just there. And it uh, sat there for a few years. And what happened, of course, is those chemicals became volatile and they exploded. And it was huge. It would be like if that ship was docked at Navy Pier in Chicago, it would have decimated the entire downtown loop of Chicago. Yeah, And that's what happened in Beirut. It decimated, killed all kinds of people. There's been a lot of, you know, needs over there from this. A lot of organizations have gone in. Uh, World Vision is on the ground there. Samaritan's Purse is on the ground there trying to make a difference. And so this youth group from Boston wanted to make a difference. They simply held a car wash. That's what youth groups do, right? Mm-hmm. They held a car wash. They wanted to raise funds for the victims of this massive explosion. Killed like at least 200 people. They're not even sure how many people died in this thing yet. Yeah. Injured more than 5,000. And it left hundreds of thousands of people homeless. The church wanted to make a difference. They have a lot of members of their church are from Lebanon. So they had family connections there. Oh, wow. So they wanted to contribute towards the homeland of a lot of their people. Uh, this is what the, their, the, the the pastor there, Timothy Ferguson, says this. Our community, my parish, that is to say, is about 60% immigrants from Lebanon. And so there were a lot of people who were directly affected by the explosion that took place there. We wanted to reach out and respond. It was an initiative on part of the teenagers of the church, the young people. So the uh, car wash, was on a Saturday in uh, Wex Rosbury, Massachusetts, and they charged ten dollars per car, and they raised more than seven thousand dollars. Wow. And I don't know if they washed that many cars that day. but maybe like, 700 cars. Yeah, they probably had people just donating beyond it. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So this is what they said. We can't physically get up and go there. So they know that these funds are being used for what they would had to do by giving up the chance to go there. So the donations are going to be used to help rebuild homes for people, to take care of people who are in need of food, clothing. Because imagine... Devastation. Every They lost everything. And so they're working through different organizations like Beirut Disaster Relief Fund, through World Vision, and through Samaritan's Purse as well. So that, I just thought that was awesome. That is a youth group who is making a difference, washing cars on a, a Saturday. That's a bunch of Joe all. I'm, I'm not sure how many were washing cars on That's that a Saturday. a bunch of
1: Joe Schmoes. But make,
0: right, or a little, very little amount of Joe Schmoes. Making a difference. Making a difference for the kingdom of God in unique ways. That's what we talk about on Culture Shock. And that wraps up this episode
1: of The Kitchen Table Show. We are so glad that you're back with us. If you want to stay in contact with us, you can reach us through the Shine.fm Facebook page, and under the group tab, you can find the Kitchen Table group. And there, we just want to continue on the conversation of faith discussion or mm-hmm. music or culture shock. Share us what you have, maybe songs, maybe questions that you have, maybe... Maybe you're doing you're something. or a Joe Schmo. Yeah. We just want to continue on the conversation there so you can find it, shine.fm, under to the group tab kitchen table group thanks so
0: much for tuning in this week have a wonderful week stay safe and stay salty and lit thanks for listening to the kitchen table on the shine.fm podcast network from olivet nazarene university be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith music and culture